Liz Rao definitely has a quirky sense of humor. She's an author and now a podcast host. But recently, she's undergone a major change in her life. VSG Bariatric Surgery. Now she's on a journey to discover health and happiness. Join her as she navigates this new world. This is Life with Liz. Today's podcast is brought to you by Pieces of Accordance, a book by Liz Rao. Sasha Reeds has always wanted to be a writer, but she's never known where to begin. So when her grandmother leaves her an old photograph of a house in Missouri, she finally feels inspiration to write. But when secrets of the house begin to unfold and the town's most romantic love story comes to light, things start to feel more like a memory from a dream rather than reality. What has Sasha gotten herself into? The one secret that may unlock the mystery of the house and the reason Sasha feels so drawn to the small town life is hidden inside a trunk in the attic. But without a key, will Sasha ever discover what her story is? Pieces of Accordance by Liz Rao is available in Kindle and all other ebook formats, as well as paperback and soon Audible. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. I did take a week off to really indulge in and celebrate the holidays, so I hope you all had a wonderful holiday season as well. So I want to just dive right into it. Something that just stayed on my mind throughout the holidays was alcohol. Alcohol, 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 because all I wanted to do was drink wine with my mother and my sister-in-law, have a girls' night, really enjoy New Year's Eve with champagne because it's my all-time favorite, and you know what? I let myself do it. I did. I indulged. I had what I wanted to. Obviously, I didn't have near as much in the uh, amount as I used to be able to intake, but... It really got me thinking because alcohol totally affects every single bariatric patient differently. Someone else's story is not necessarily your own. And when you really consider it, a glass of wine with dinner, a cold beer after mowing the yard, alcohol is just so woven into the fabric of our lives. Well, for many of us, it certainly was for mine. So I just want to jump right into this. I hit a stall during the holidays and stayed at 52 pounds for about a month in my weight loss journey because I was letting myself indulge. There's no other excuse for it. There's no other reason for it. I ate what I wanted. I drank what I wanted. And most of the days, I hit my macros. So, and I made myself a goal like, okay, but after the holidays, like you're, you're right back on track. And I went totally clean um, the week or honestly, January 2nd, because I let myself indulge through the first. Um, So then I went totally clean, and my stall broke like that. Like that. Um, So by my six-week mark, or I'm sorry, six-month mark, I had lost a total of 54 pounds. As I sit here talking to you just a few days later after I posted that, I actually am now up to 55 pounds. So it really does tell you, like, diet is everything, because... I was probably at 52 pounds stalled for about three weeks, I'd say. And then I got right back on track, put my big girl panties on, and cleaned up my diet. Went totally clean and lost three pounds. So if I can do it, anyone can do it. And it's not always as easy as just subtracting one thing from your diet, but that alcohol is sugar, right? So they tell us not to do it. 
for me, I love wine and non-alcoholic wine is just not the same because there's a flavor component missing from the fermentation process. And it's not the alcohol. I really don't care about the alcohol, but I truly enjoy, or sorry, I truly enjoy a glass of Pinot Noir. A good glass, not like some cheap yellowtail thing. So this week, we're going to call this the alcohol episode and what some of the issues are with bariatric surgery and alcohol. So the first issue everyone tells you about is that you get drunker faster. So just bear with me. This might sound a little science-like for you, but many bariatric procedures, including gastric sleeve surgery, result in a change to the way your body processes alcohol because alcohol metabolism happens with the help of your stomach and gastric sleeve patients, for example, have a much smaller stomach, more pure alcohol enters your bloodstream. Ergo, it's like drinking on an empty stomach multiplied by a lot, and the liver plays a big part in metabolizing alcohol too. And sleep patients' livers are busy processing all the fatty acids they've been burning with the new sleep, which means alcohol gets processed last. So that's not good. So then your alcohol levels will uh, soar in your bloodstream, and you'll get drunker more quickly. So... I don't necessarily have this experience. I've only tried to drink wine. I did try to drink beer, but because there's so much carbonation in it, it hurts. And as a former Missouri-born beer drinker lover, that one hurt. But I don't miss it. However, the wine doesn't affect me like that. Um, I drink it more slowly, so maybe that has something to do with it. But I'm not getting drunker faster. I mean, I've not blown into a breathalyzer. But I can tell you that I'm not getting very quick side effects. Now, have I tried to have a good Grey Goose dirty martini? No, because I am a little scared to try something like that. And we'll wait probably a year to two years post-surgery to really try something with true hard alcohol in it. Now, I know other people who have had like two sips of wine and felt totally loopy. So it just goes to show you that everybody is different. Um, no two people process this journey the same. Now, does that give me an excuse to drink wine whenever I want? No, because it's still not good for your freaking liver, Um, especially if more pure alcohol is going into your liver because your stomach is not processing it and breaking down it um, like it would a normal stomach. Then you have to think about R&Y patients because they basically have no stomach, right? It's like the teeniest, tiniest little pouch. So that is what causes a lot of dumping for R&Y patients. And the switch patients, I don't know. I don't know that many people who have gotten the switch. And so for that one, um, if you're a switch patient out there listening to this, let me know. Let me know what happens with you when you drink alcohol. Did you know I have my own novelty t-shirt shop online? Yep, that's right, I do, at lizraofficial.com shop. And I dedicated my own collection to bariatric surgery patients. We are warriors, and we should be celebrating all of the strides we're making, our lifestyle changes, and I wanted to create a collection that keeps you inspired, motivated, and on track in your new lifestyle. So again, go to lizraofficial.com shop. Use promo code WARRIOR20 to receive 20% off any bariatric item in my collection. Again, that's WARRIOR20 for the entire bariatric collection. Save 20% and shop today. All right, so you just heard reason number one. So theoretically, you get drunker faster. 
I'm not saying the alcohol doesn't enter in my bloodstream faster. I'm just not feeling all loopy goopy. I did probably the first time. And then after that, it was, I felt normal. So to each their own, I'm not recommending drinking alcohol. It's still basically pure sugar and you're working against your new lifestyle and weight loss. So if your body has to take time to process alcohol instead of the fat that you're trying to lose off your body, then you're just being counteractive and counterproductive to your new lifestyle. So issue number two is alcohol is nothing but empty calories. This is a fact. You are not getting any nutrients from your alcohol. You are not getting your protein, which is the most freaking important, and you're dehydrating your body. So think of that. So when you're speaking of losing weight and you're trying to put all your effort into that, alcohol is nothing but an empty calorie. And by the way, this isn't just alcohol. Think of your little Starbucks runs or anything else that's not giving you nutrients and is not pure water. You're hurting your diet. Um, But anyway, we're talking about alcohol. So empty calories are the enemy of significant lasting weight loss. Many sleevers would never dream of drinking regular soda again, but wine contains twice the amount of calories per ounce that soda does. And by the way, you shouldn't have either. Do as I say, not as I do. Hard liquor is even worse in the terms of calories. When you're working so hard to get healthy food choices into your body, why would you sabotage those effects of guzzling calories with basically no nutrition? I personally have made the commitment to stay totally clean until Valentine's Day because we are saving a bottle of champagne um, that's kind of special to us for that reason. But again, it's celebratory. It's not happening every weekend. I'm not eating totally clean through the weeks to have alcohol on the weekends. Like that's not a good plan either. That's not really balanced. You're just ruining everything you did during the week with a few glasses of wine on the weekend. So you have to set these like goals and make it a reward, but it can't be a reward that's weekly or, you know, God, daily. So I see some people doing uh, because remember the tools only doing the bulk of the work for the first year at the most. After that, if you haven't changed your habits and your lifestyle, it's not helping you. So another issue you hear a lot of people talking about, and I've noticed that um, I hear about this more with R&Y patients, just through my research. I'm not saying that's a statistical fact. I'm not a doctor. But the third issue with alcohol is the risk of dependence because it's very unfortunate, but alcohol abuse after bariatric surgery has become a hot topic. That is because multiple studies find an increased usage of alcohol in people who've undergone bariatric surgery. So there I can say I'm actually drinking quite a bit less. But the kind of bariatric surgery does seem to affect this risk, however, with bypass patients the most. So again, R&Y patients. And that is because I think because you feel the effects sooner, especially if it's just going straight into your bloodstream, You know, that becomes an addictive feeling, right? Everyone likes a little bit of a buzz. So if you're getting it instantly, you're going to find you're drinking more and more and more. So the RNY, sorry, gastric bypass and the switch change your physical anatomy so that alcohol no longer travels through the initial part of the small intestines. So that's the other reason why. And again, it's just, it creates a chemical dependency, 
And if you think about it, a lot of patients were using sugar for that kind of dependency to create like a reward feeling within themselves, even though it kind of counteracts. And as we learned in the last episode, it gets you really high, but then it gets you really low. So a lot of times patients who have undergone bariatric surgery will start using alcohol in that manner because it's quicker. Um, So you'll find that a lot of bariatric patients have actually gone totally sober. Like I said, I don't get those quick side effects. I don't know if it's because I'm sleeve. I don't know if it's just because I'm special, but I don't foresee that becoming a problem with me. But I do uh, restrict myself quite a bit, and I make sure it's only a reward system and not a habit. Um, so that is a huge, huge reason to watch your alcohol intake. The bottom line here is that gastric sleeve might not have the same links to increased alcohol use in post-op patients. We do know that the procedure affects the way body's patients process alcohol. So every doctor out there will tell you, skip the alcohol. So you really have to make this choice for yourself if you want it. Um, You know, again, I wasn't as high BMI-wise as most patients. Um, I don't have 100 pounds to lose. My goal is really about 72 pounds. So every patient's different, but every single doctor will tell you to lay off the stuff, especially the first 12 to 18 months after surgery, because your bodies are working so, so very hard to shed a difficult amount of weight and a lot of weight. So after you've reached your goal... A small amount once in a while probably won't have the adverse effects. But again, the more you make it a habit, the worse it's going to be. And this decision-making process is hard, especially if you consume alcohol, sugar, or any uh, slider foods, cheater foods, anything like that. So those are really the top three reasons you should stay away from alcohol. Like I said, it's everyone's decision for themselves. I'm not a doctor. However, this week I did talk to a nutritionist. So I had my six-month nutritionist follow-up this week. Next week I have my doctor follow-up with all the blood work and everything. My nutritionist liked my food choices. She said it was okay to indulge every once in a while. Um, We went over my diet, and she said everything looks good. I'm doing everything, you know, as well as I can do it right now. She was very pleased. And she asked me if I had any questions. And I wanted to know, and I asked her about processed protein high foods, such as Quest chips, pizza. And I'm not knocking Quest. There's plenty of brands out there. Um, You know, you see like these high protein bars all the time and yogurts and things that have been doctored, okay? Doctored, processed, and aren't real, aren't found in nature. And I said, to me, that's like a gateway food drug because it's going to slip you right back into the habits of, oh, I just want some chips to eat. I just want to have a slice of pizza. And she said, I 100% agree with you. She said, I'm a big advocate in getting your nutrients from whole foods. Not to be confused with whole foods, the grocery store, but actual real food found in nature. And you know, I've been talking about this for a long, long time. If you've been listening to the show, I'm a big advocate of eating clean. And a lot of that just means cook your own damn dinner. It's not that hard. You can meal prep if you have a family or you're limited on time. Uh, Most of us are working from home these days, so you should be able to find a way to do it. But get your food, get your nutrients, get your protein from real sources of food. You know, like I've said, if you're going to have carbs, eat a natural carb 
a strawberry, an apple, heaven forbid, a potato, because those are okay carbs. Nature gives you what you need. Not an okay carb, eating half a bag of crackers that say they're high in protein, but the minute they start overly processing in your mouth and breaking down before you even swallow it, that's a slider food. That is not quality nutrients. It's processed, and you have, quite frankly, no idea what else is in there. And none of that can be good for you. Every once in a while, sure. Just like a glass of wine, you might want a cracker. But what I'm saying here is don't depend on those products that you see pushed everywhere from Ambari to Quest to, God, there's like so, so many of them. But don't depend on those for your nutrients. Make them your backup. You're traveling. You're on a 10-hour flight. You know you're not going to be able to eat what's on the plane. Sure, go for it. But if you're at home eating dinner, bake some chicken in the beginning of the week, have it already sliced up, ready to go, and measured out in little containers, and you'll be good to go. My husband is not a bariatric patient, but even he will cook a bunch of chicken. He usually grills it, and he sections it up, and it's ready to go. So anytime he's hungry, he can go and just eat a little piece of chicken and get something high-protein versus eating junk food because he's the ultimate snacker. That's his biggest problem is he will just graze all the live long day. Um, so I, again, I just can't say it enough. I know there are other people out there who would disagree with me. I know there are probably other nutritionists out there who would disagree with mine. But I just think, and especially when you hit a stall, look at what you're eating. If you're using some protein chips to make nachos, are those nachos really the best choice for you? Or would it be better to maybe eat the taco meat and not have a carb component? Um, you know, are you dousing it in cheese? What is it real cheese? Is it Velveeta, which by the way, isn't cheese, but looks like it and makes the best macaroni in the world? Consider it. Really look at your choices, especially like I said, during a stall, because a simple tweak in your diet could make all the difference in this journey because it never ends. And my nutritionist said, you know, it looks like you're already making the choices that you're going to have to live the rest of your life. You're probably always going to have to have a piece of fish for dinner, some egg whites during the day, some side of vegetables, but you're you're making protein your first choice and that's the right way to go. Sorry if you can hear my cat. She's being, um, she's sometimes a toddler. She's on one today. Daisy, what are you doing? Um, she just wants to participate. She loves you guys too. So... All right, with that being said, I did post my six-month photo update on Instagram at Liz Rout Official. Um, you can also find me Facebook, my website. I've been working on some really cute new things. I, as you know, work in the travel industry and miss traveling. We never got to do our honeymoon last year, so I have been making um, a huge travel section of t-shirts as well because I just miss it. So I just made Paris is always a good idea, and I did London with the colors of the Union Jack, and um, my friends in the travel industry have submitted ideas. So Wonderlust is a wonderful thing. And I have it in life. I have it in my travel dreams. And I feel like I have it in my bariatric world as well. Thank you all for joining me next week. Uh, make sure you listen to hear what my doctor has to tell me about my blood work. Because I'm a little nervous. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life with Liz.